Welcome to the podcast Health Matters and More. This podcast focuses on past and present patients of mine, area business leaders, and people making an impact right here in Northeast Indiana. Hey, how you doing? This is Dr. Richard Bush, and today we're here with Tyler Menifee for Health Matters and More. And Tyler is actually a really interesting guy. He's got a really interesting story, and we're going to talk about all of that here in a minute. But uh, when we talk about Health Matters and More, I mean, Tyler's really about a lot of more stuff because he does all kinds of different things to uh, create injuries so that he has to come in and see us all the time here at the Bush Chiropractic Center. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about uh, his, his business and everything else and, and some of the other things that he does and, and a lot of his outside interests. So, hey, Tyler, how are you doing today? Pretty good. Good. Uh, well, it's great to see you again. I'm surprised to see you on a Friday. Normally, you're, you're not here this time of day. I try to stop in as often as possible. <laughs> and we like that. We always like to see you. Um, hey, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? I mean, what do you do? What, what kind of things brought you here to begin with? Um, I guess uh, I've been in construction for since I was 16 or 18. Um, I've always been into uh, BMX and motocross and um, really anything I can do. Adrenaline junkie in addition to construction. So um, basically everything I do is pretty rough on the body. Um, I think BMX is probably the thing that got me in here originally. Um, did BMX as a kid and then got back into it with my kids um, after about 16 years off and realized that was a whole lot harder than even construction. <laughs> and uh, so, but uh, I guess for the time being, that was more important to me. So I wanted to make sure that I could keep doing all the sports and activities I wanted to with the kids. So I believe my neck issues, I've had injuries from head to toe, but I believe my neck is what got me in here originally. So I, I I had to ask the girls to give me a list of questions for you. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw these in, pepper these things throughout throughout the whole uh, program here, and so it should be a lot of fun. And we're gonna find out a lot more about you and everything else. But the first question that they came up with was Tyler, how many bones have you broken? A little over thirty. Really? Yeah, somewhere thirty three, thirty five. Really? Something like that. So if we're looking at individual it, fractures. Yeah. <laughs> so if you think about that. Um, we're talking about, God, the better part of, I think, almost five years that you've been actually recovering from broken bones out of your life. <laughs> yeah, I've tried to add up uh, wheelchair and crutches time and recovery time before. It gets pretty extensive. That's kind of amazing. So um, when you talk about BMX uh, biking or riding and everything else, why don't you give me a little bit of an idea exactly what BMX riding <clears throat> is? Because some people might not exactly know. I don't know. Maybe it's been eight or ten years now. I think there's been a few. The last two Olympics, I believe, they included BMX in. So it's becoming a little more popular because of that. Um, but basically, it's eight guys line up. Uh, it's like motocross where you line up at a gate. Uh, you got about a quarter mile long track, third of a mile. And, uh, you know, jumps and obstacles and everything. Everybody races and you know brackets and age groups and um rankings and everything but you can basically you can race bmx from like three years old to 75 years old so you're able to there you can have two three generations of people out there on the track at the same time so it's it as far as sports go it really is like a family that's kind of crazy thing that everybody can get out there so now i know that you jump and you i mean do you flip those things and everything else or no i don't you can really <laughs> I've tried to stay uh, right side up for at least about the last 10, but I used to be a lot more into like freestyle and everything, um, trying to, you know, tricks and ramps, skate parks, all that kind of stuff. But uh, just pretty much keep it to the racing. And you know. So is that where most of your injuries have come from or is it all the other stuff too? <clears throat> yeah, I've, uh, I've done mixed martial arts and um, 
I've trained in about six or seven different fight styles and boxing and things like that. I have one minor injury in fight training, but other than that, uh, pretty much everything I've done has come from BMX. Really? Yeah, uh, a couple small injuries in motocross, but no wear and tear, undoubtedly, from the construction. Right. Um, that's just a day-in, day-out thing, but uh, all of the serious injuries are concussions all that stuff has all been bmx when when we were talking a few minutes ago you mentioned that the, probably the reason you came in here to begin with was because of your neck why don't you tell me a little bit about what what you what we had going on with your neck um a handful of years ago i had a few x-rays done on my spine and they pointed out all the damage in the discs and uh everything that i've done in my neck is Primarily, there was a few issues in my upper and uh, lower back, but since I was about 22, doctors have been talking about fusing uh, two or three vertebrae in my neck, and I was trying to avoid that. Um, so once I, uh, it was really had uh, raced for about two years, rode BMX with the kids for about two years, and then my neck uh, basically had me completely done riding. Um, so I hadn't had been to a chiropractor maybe 15 years ago once or twice yeah my neck really was i was out of work for a few months i was not riding bmx anymore um pretty much every day was miserable no matter what i was doing with the i guess the the nerve issues i was getting from my neck were more intense than the pain the numbness and tingling and lack of strength and everything else numbness and tingling where was that uh hands if usually the fingers um shooting up the hands to the elbows and stuff like that but the range of motion was unbelievably limited I mean, like switching lanes in the car was starting to get a little questionable, especially for somebody who's in good, as great a shape as you are. <laughs> I yeah, I try to. I don't make it to the gym, that's for sure. I haven't worked out consecutively for at least fifteen years, but um, yeah, I, there's. If we go, go from riding BMX and motocross, to, I'm struggling to get down the street in the car. Was a uh, yeah, it was an eye opener. So. Once everyday life became a struggle without work and without sports, then I knew something needed to happen, and everybody's been wanting to stick rods in my neck and back for a bunch of years, so figured I'd try this out first. Well, I'm glad you did, actually, because <laughs> yeah, we, two of us. We, we've, we've talked about some of the, uh, uh, some of the results of, of back and neck surgery, and you know, I think the surgeons do a great job with what they do. I just want to prevent them to do, from doing it to everybody. Yeah. And I think that if we can help people non-surgically, and, and so we use the DERS protocol, yep. and uh, and probably I think several other types of treatment as well. But yeah, the um, I think the 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 DRS protocol and the um, the piezo treatments, um, the piezo treatments seem to have the biggest, um, the greatest like initial um, effect, I guess. Let me explain what a piezo is. So piezo is uh, technically speaking, it's a it's a using a a, a, a treatment protocol or a treatment uh, therapy system that's called a piezo wave. But what it's doing is it's it's using shock waves. Now, if you think about ultrasound and everything else, ultrasound sends out waves kind of like waves on the top of a of a of a lake. So if you throw a a, a pebble in there and you can see those waves spread out, and that's kind of what uh, ultrasound does with inflammation and, and swelling. It pushes the inflammation of the other tissue around it. With a shockwave, if you can imagine a um, an hourglass, okay, and where that hourglass kind of meets in the middle is how a shockwave works because we're sending out a shockwave, kind of like a, a shockwave that comes off of a, a jet that's going past the speed of sound. That creates a shockwave. And we're using 
the piezo part of this is we're using the piezoelectric effect to create a shock wave, which is by sending an electrical current through crystals, we can actually create that shock wave. And as it does that, that happens, but it happens in rapid succession. And it's focused at the, the, the depth, kind of like that um, hourglass that we just talked about. And where that happens, what happens is it breaks up scar tissue adhesions, arthritic changes, and it actually causes some stem cell production in the area as well. So basically what happens is all of that scar tissue and the adhesions and all that other stuff from all of those injuries that you've had in the past, it helps break that stuff up at, at the depth that we need it to happen. And it's obviously been very effective for you. Yeah, I've, I've liked that. Um, I feel like the results from that are... I don't know, I've tried um, like dry needling and, and acupuncture and d a bunch of different funny stuff as far as pain and, and nerve issues go. And um, as far as my knees specifically, uh, I've never had anything at all. Um, no instant relief whatsoever. And nothing has ever helped my knees um, to the point where I could change them the course of my day an hour later. Um, I've had days where I'm coming in here stiff uh, in my neck or... I've done elbows, shoulders, knees, ankles, uh, <laughs> about every joint. Uh, yeah, my wrists, um, yeah, all up and down my back, and uh, the relief from that is I don't, hard to describe. That's probably the one thing that I leave here telling uh, telling people about being in, you know, these sports. Where a lot of my friends have torn up their knees, you know, a lot of us have multiple knee surgeries, um, shoulders and ankles and stuff like that. I just I, I feel. Personally, I feel like there's no other way to accomplish some of the benefits that that thing, the smoother motion. I can walk in here and do that for 10 minutes and then walk out and instantly feel better, whether it's knees or neck or back or whatever it is. And, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with also the combination of treatments that we use in a lot of these cases. Yeah. And so that does play a role. And I know that you've been doing some things with diet and, and things like that to actually help with inflammation throughout your body. And that plays a huge role as well. And so when it comes to all this, I don't think that there's, I mean, it, I'd like to say that everything that I do is the only answer, but at the same time, I think it's a combination of, of, of those, whether it's diet or, you know, different uh, exercises and, and then some of the different therapies or, or treatment protocols that we use. Yeah. So um, now I'm, I'm going to go back to this list over here that I have. All right. So this is kind of make, right, makes it a little bit more fun. All right. Now I have some, there are some questions that were disallowed that I had to take out because these questions were all given to me by the staff and, uh, and they, they had to do this anonymous, anonymously? They did do this anonymously. But I'll tell you what, the, the, these are all the cleaned up versions of it. Okay. And they all like you a lot. That's one of the reasons they all wanted to participate. <coughs> all right. So, um, well, first of all, and I, you said that you haven't been, you didn't work out or anything, but are there any kind of conditioning exercises or anything like that that you do for, for BMX riding? Or is it just something that you're just riding the bike? Um, there is. I mean, a lot of guys have like full training regiments and stuff that are... Um, you know, I guess with any sport, you can do it for recreation or you can try to make a career out of it, which I guess is how I looked at it for, you know, a lot more uh, back in the day when I was doing it. But let's see, after coming in here for about two years, I was able to start jumping on a road bike and at least go hit 25 or 50 miles or something every right. couple of days. And uh, that was something that I absolutely could not do before I started coming in here. The position that puts you in was not going to happen no, with my neck. So long-term cardio, stuff like that. Like I've run... Occasionally, I'll run, um, you know, run three or five miles or whatever. But uh, yeah, as far as how busy I am with the kids and everything else I do, I've got breed dogs and 
million different things. I don't, ha- I don't have any one. <laughs> I don't think well, you sit down very often, do you? No, no, I don't. I, I tell people that all the time. I don't sit down during the day. Right. Unless I'm in the car. I don't sit down to eat or watch TV. I don't do, if there's music playing, I have to be running around in the meantime. So I'm going to take a step back because you talked about uh, some guys who do this as a, as, as a profession. How many pro riders are there out there now? Oh, I, it's worldwide now. Um, yeah, I couldn't even couldn't even tell you there's there's a ton of guys out here and it's it's becoming um i feel like you're able to get to the professional level top professional level at a little bit younger age now where like guys have been coming out of high school into the nba or something like that's been happening for years but uh people are looking at i think since it came out bmx was introduced to the olympics i think kids started seeing that at a younger age and it, it wasn't than like an extreme sport it was um uh, i I think everybody's looked at bmx as just like kind of an extreme sport like uh just doing tricks on your skateboard or something like they didn't really look at that like a like more of a traditional competitive sport is is there like a sweet spot for age for like when you peak in bmx stuff or is it um yeah i think they've actually put an age group to the top professional class now i think it's only um 18 to like 28 or 30 really um where yeah they used to just be open if you could compete you can compete right um so now what they've done is introduced a a vet pro class so for the old guys like myself if you want to go over 30 and ride pro there's a there's a separate class for you really so all of the and they, they have sponsors and everything for that yeah really yeah you can have yeah a handful of co-sponsors and a main factory sponsor and um i mean all all of the big athletic companies are in it i mean out of curiosity and i I have no idea about this this is the reason i'm asking but is there a lot of money in being a pro pro bmx rider Um, there's more in your sponsorships really in the sport itself so um again with other sports like i remember a long time ago even michael jordan scenarios like the best players in the world are making more on their advertising and their sponsorships, their Gatorade and Nike, than they are on on their salary. I saw something about Michael Jordan the other day. He, his first contract for uh, with uh, uh, with the Bulls, I think was I think he made nine million dollars a year or something like that. And I just saw he's making nine million dollars a day with Nike now. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Isn't that amazing? Somebody's got to count all that. I mean, it. it I think it was a day, maybe it was a week, but it was it was a, a very short period of time, and I was just like, "Holy smokes!" Yeah. So it, when it comes to that, okay, now when when you talk about sponsors and everything else, how much do they have to pay to get a, 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 a racer into a race? Uh, the actual entry fees on the the races are minimal. Um, I'm not sure as far as some of the world events and uh, but even national events that that we've been to are only like eighty bucks to get into. So it's so you're not you're not breaking the bank to. Get That's not bad entered, at all. But, and it's like $50 a year or something for a membership oh, to, wow. the, to the league, um, right. to USA BMX League. But, um, so, so are you good? Are you tr- working with your kids to get them into something like that? Or are they interested in that? Um, they're not. They, I guess they kind of handle it more competitive than I do. Um, I actually spend a lot of time like working on everybody's bike at the track <laughs> and uh, helping, all, like instructing all the little kids and everything. I'm the I'm the only guy pushing forty that still does all the. My goal when I go there isn't necessarily win every race. I want to hit all the gnarliest jumps that I find, or or go race the the eighteen and twenty year old guys that are stepping into the pro class. Uh, often I'll sit out on on the forty year old races because they're not all that exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I like to get into practice and uh, 
uh, mix it up with the younger guys or whatever. But um, so my oldest son's 19, my youngest is 16. So um, they're kind of right in there too. But uh, they, I guess they kind of handle it like I do. They, they're a little more serious about the com- uh, competition and stuff. We run like the state series. Um, I struggle to have enough time to travel so that we can run the national series as well. Um, but we hit them occasionally and stuff like that. Right. So when it comes to all of that stuff, I mean, is there anything that you would suggest for anybody if they were interested in BMX biking? I've had a lot of conversations with uh, parents, honestly, about their kids. And um, it's different than a lot of other sports. You don't have to be into baseball and football and basketball. And uh, it's um, the adrenaline aspect of it makes it a little bit different than most sports. So really throughout my entire life, anybody I've ever seen that um, tried it, if they liked it at all, they loved it. It became like a massive part of their life. Kind of like somebody that, that travels all over the world to mountain bike or somebody that runs every day of their entire life, no matter the weather, no matter how they feel. You right. know what I mean? It's it's something that makes a difference, matters to them enough that it has to fit in the schedule. Right. At any skill level, it's like you catch guys at 60 years old that have legitimately never been any good at it and never cared. They love it just the just same. Just to do it. They could be the best in the world or the worst in the world. Right. And it still is just as exciting and exhilarating and all the same. They get all the same effects out of it that anybody does. Right. So, you know, I'm, if you were playing any other sports and you were terrible at it you would not have any fun doing it it wouldn't you wouldn't stick with that um it's true but you that's why i don't play basketball yeah there's i'd say half the world's population that rides bmx is no good at it and they love it just as much as anybody else does so that that part of it is is cool that you can do it there's a 60 to 65 year old class and there's a beginner intermediate and expert so you can it can really fit you regardless of what your physical condition is or capabilities. There's a guy that races at our local track that has one arm. Sure. He's got a strap on thing that he hooks around his shoulder and it clips to the grip. And so there's uh, I saw an 89 year old lady do it. 89 year old lady, 80 something, 82 or <laughs> something. Yeah, she had like I don't know 15 world number ones and oh, wow. she, yeah, she travels all over the place doing it. So what kind of uh, protective gear do you have to wear for this stuff? Full face helmets and um, long sleeve shirts and pants is the only thing that's required. Like required, yeah. There's full, you know, protective. I guess similar to motocross, people are a little more familiar with. But um, so as far as like your racing pants and jerseys and everything that have some padding to them, then you can put on like a whole base layer of right. of padding and everything if you want to. Um, Out of curiosity, okay, so I'm asking these questions that I've got listed over here from the girls. So they're <laughs> I'm throwing these out there, and again, I did filter out the bad stuff. But um, when it comes to when it comes to like a bike and, and gear and everything else, I mean, what does something like that uh, setup like that cost? You can get into it. I guess the entry level, like an entry level legitimate race bike, is gonna probably run you about five hundred, six hundred bucks to get up to seven thousand if you want. Oh wow! Um, does that thing drive itself? Unfortunately, it does not. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys don't offer anything for cardio in here, so <clears throat> that's up to me. Not like that. Not like that. But. Yeah, the the gear itself is not that bad. You can, I mean, you know, helmets are the most expensive part. Right. But yeah, you're not going to break the bank. It's not like racing cars and dirt bikes. Right. Um, but I've heard outrageous numbers on how much it costs to to compete in motocross for a year. I mean, you could you could have a mediocre job and make it through the year supporting yourself through BMX. But I've heard that you're going to spend 150 grand a year. Holy uh, cow! Racing uh, motocross. Right. That's true. So we have a track in our backyard for motocross. Save my money on that. <laughs> That's funny. Other, what are types of uh, things do you like to do? What are, just for re- relaxation and things like that? Because it doesn't sound like you relax very well. No, yeah, I was gonna say that's a loaded question. Relaxation. 
I don't know. That's <laughs> not sure about that no, one. No, yeah, I, just, I, I don't relax. Yeah, not on Sundays or holidays or. Right. I don't relax. Now, if I've got some free time, if I've got a day where I don't have anything to do, it's going to end up working on something, fixing something at the house, or jumping on a skid loader and building something in the yard. Me and the kids can hit <laughs> another jump. Something, yeah. Right. Yeah, jumping on a bike or a dirt bike or. I've got a Polaris Ranger side by side thing. Me and the kids go rip up. Now you've you've talked about uh, construction in the past. I, I want to. I know that you're not really accepting new clients or anything like that for for what you do. But what what exactly do you do from a business standpoint? Anymore, kind of transitioned into more project management and property management. I, I mean, throughout my life, I guess I've owned rental houses, um, spent some years flipping houses, owned my own home building company for five or six years. Between the uh, physical limitations in building and repairing homes and uh, the struggle in hiring reliable help uh, in the last five years, I've kind of just toned it down to working on um, the project management and property uh, management has been kind of a sweet spot where I'm able to not do all of the backbreaking and ladder climbing myself and um, still be involved, still make money, you know, stay busy or whatever. If, but if if you did have availability and someone wanted to get a hold of you or you know ask for your advice or, or guidance on something, would you want to give anybody your contact information or, or a way to get in touch with you? Um, I actually just uh, closed down <clears throat> the company that I had, Premier Construction. I believe it's. Uh, I still have people call me from that. <laughs> you must be able to find me through Premier Construction and Renovations right. still. But uh, yeah, I've, I've always kind of specialized in kitchens and bathrooms, and that just that transitioned into uh, whole home remodels. And then uh, once you're tackling the whole home, it was it was almost easier to start building them. But you're just doing more project management at this point. Yeah, yeah, I've got um, a few people through the, through the real estate and everything. I've uh, I know some people that have you know that do the flips or do the the rental property thing. And uh, my kid's mother runs the. Uh, the landing downtown on Columbia Street or whatever. So whenever they they use big you know union uh, commercial companies for their overhauling and everything, but really have nobody for any custom work right. uh, as far as carpentry or tile work or stuff like that. So I do get in a little bit of commercial stuff whenever it's smaller. So I want to take you back to the relaxation thing because I, I I thought about something. Okay, so got I, some ideas. I do know there's one there's I do know that there's at least an hour. Sometimes every other week or every you know something like that that you do spend a little <laughs> bit of time relaxing. Yeah, I do catch a nap midday. Yeah, the uh, the hyperbaric uh, chamber. I feel like I need a. I feel like I need a hyperbaric chamber and a piezo machine at my house <laughs> for regular use. Right. Um, yeah, I wake up out of that thing feeling like I need another night's sleep. What I've noticed personally is it. it first of all, it helps clear your head, and second of all, it helps re- kind of recharge everything. Now. If I when I get in there, if I get in there too early in the morning, then I you know then I'm screwed for the rest of the day because I'm just so relaxed. <laughs> yeah, it does. That's what, yeah, it does that. You get out of there forgetting what you had going on today and not caring a whole lot, just wanting to chill. Just because it it, it does help. It, <clears throat> it what it does, the increased oxygen levels with the increased pressure actually help to calm your nervous system down, and it pushes that oxygen into the rest of your system so that your body can actually begin to heal, including the nervous system and everything else, all the way down to your brain. So the interesting thing about it is we have patients that uh, may have things like uh, fibromyalgia or chronic fatigue or uh, patients with things like Alzheimer's or Parkinson's or um, even we've even treated some kids with uh, um, uh, autism and things like that where <clears throat> when you put them in there, it's actually giving them enough oxygen for their, their, their whole system to begin to heal. 
And so when we combine that with stuff like nutrition and things like that, it really does do a great deal to help rebuild your body, and it helps with inflammation. And so one of the things that you have uh, as a result of all your injuries is it helps with the inflammation throughout the entire system, but then it also helps with uh, what's called the mitochondria is the, actually the power generating system for your cell. You have in all your cells, and really literally millions in, in millions of them through the body, but that creates the energy that your body needs to function. It's called ATP. And so when we increase the oxygen levels and increase the, everything else, it increases the metabolic rate of those cells or of the, of the mitochondria. So it makes more energy, and it actually helps push your body into a healing state. And so that's one of the reasons it feels so good because you've got all of a sudden you have all this extra energy, and it helps with the, push down the inflammation at the same time. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely get out of there feeling. I guess I never, I never get in there thinking about how how much stress or anxiety or anything like that you feel. But when you get out, you can clearly tell that you feel none. <laughs> <laughs> like it doesn't matter what's going on right now, and it, it could have been irritating you earlier. And yeah, for the for about half of the day, you're just cool with however the day goes. But yeah, it, it definitely that's uh, it's I guess it's kind of similar effect to the uh, the piezo treatment where. It's hard to describe, I don't know, I guess like smoother motion. Like if I get my knees piezoed, I, they less inflamed and less painful, um, just like smoother operation, I guess, is mm -hmm. the best way to describe it. So it's kind of the same thing when I get out of the uh, hyperbaric that, you know, some of the um, upper back, which is a specifically tight spot for me between the shoulder blades and the neck and everything. So there's a lot happening there. Just areas like that feel just much more freely moving mm -hmm. everything just kind of flows a lot better right. um, on those days so yeah the whole body just moves a lot more freely i think it also it's part of it's because it just removes that stress from your nervous system too so i think it's fantastic i, I really think that it's i it's an amazingly underused type of a treatment yeah yeah i would agree with that we're coming up on the end of our program here um is there anything else that you'd like to talk about or anything you'd like to emphasize what we've talked about or anything we missed or you know I, you want to talk about aliens <laughs> you're not gonna get a lot of information out of me <laughs> i haven't been watching what's going on lately i don't know anything else um, you got any other questions or anything you want to talk you about? know I, I actually i have a couple of other ones we'll ask you those after we get off because I, I put those on a separate sheet of paper <laughs> all right, all right. slide that over to me hey i'll tell you what tyler man thank you so much for coming to see us i really appreciate your time today um and thank you very much for listening to health matters and more uh, this is dr richard bush have a great weekend